0: And now your host, multimillionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO, and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley.
1: Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, I was looking up some data about retirement. I was trying to get the information necessary to make the argument that Lifestyles members retire with much more income uh, than what people generally do with Social Security. Obviously, we beat that, but even pensions, you know, and monies in their stock market and what they can afford to live off of and so on and so forth. Being that if you have like a million bucks in the bank uh, and you're living on 4% drawdown, that's you know, $40,000 a year. And believe it or not, that money's taxable. <laughs> you don't you didn't pay taxes, income tax on it when you put it in. You already paid your Social Security and Medicare on it, but you haven't paid your income. So you're gonna get taxed on that money. So you're gonna take home even less than forty thousand dollars a year. That's if you got a million bucks, you're a millionaire, you've got to live on forty thousand dollars. Now, if you're smart enough to put that in CDs, I think CDs might go up to four and a half right now, so it's forty-five thousand. Uh, you might be able to get some long-term ones for a little bit more because interest rates are going back up again. So, you know, you look here, look there and see what you got, and what you don't have. And I was going to prove out the point through many examples that our members live on much more than that. That million dollars could turn them into a hundred to $200,000 a year return, which is, you know, obviously much better. And because it's real estate income, it's tax deferred. And when's it deferred to? If you do it right, it's deferred to you die and then it goes away. So I was looking for all this data, and I came across this article. In fact, I came across a couple articles that were all pretty much um, titled the same thing. And it was along the lines of the challenges of retirement. That's the the article's premise, right? And the challenges of retirement, what are they? And you mean challenges of retirement, okay? You know. You don't have any money. I guess that'd be the biggest challenge that I would think of, right? But he goes on in this article. In fact, I, I read two of them, a partial piece of two of them. And what they're really pointing out is that people have an emotional drain once they retire. And today I want to I wanna cover why our way of retiring is probably way healthier than the average way of retiring, when it comes to the psychological and physiological changes that come about when you make a drastic change in life. My experience, you can take an animal, and I take my dogs and my cats, and what we do is we train them to the same routine. And they get up every day and they expect to get fed every day at the same time. They get to go outside every day at the same time. They get to go on a walk every day at the same time. And then there's little treats in life, just like in your life. There'd be little treats, things that come up. And what I found to be true with my and I, we have five cats. We used to have 10 cats and we have three dogs and fish and birds and you name it. We, we collect them, right? As far as animals, we love animals. But what I found is if you take any of those animals and let's specifically say the cats or the dogs and change their routine they become depressed. Like, for instance, when my wife went away on, on a trip, um, some of the animals got depressed because they didn't see her every day. Because every day she wakes up in the morning in bed. I can't believe she does, but she wakes up in the morning in bed and all the cats jump in bed with her and one of the dogs. And she feeds them, you know, treats. One for this one, one for that one, one for this one, one for that. It goes around in circles and feeds them. And they all sit there in little piles, you know, like. Five or six of them, and they just wait for their turn to get their little kibble, little kibble, little kibble, little kibble. And but that's the, the excitement of their day <laughs> to get up in the morning, get their little kibble treats. Also, she feeds them at night one really, really good wet food meal where she gets out the can of wet food, and boy, all the cats come running, all the dogs come running, and she lines up like all these like eight animals in rows and feeds them all in these specialty foods and whatever. And they're all, they, it's like a, it's a socializing event for them. They all come in, they all cuddle with you. Normally they hide from each other, right? The, the dogs don't, but the, well, even one of the dogs hides from the other two. But, you know, the, there's this big socializing event where, ah, it's time to eat. And we just ring the bell. We have this little bell we ring and they all come running. They know it's that time. And while she was gone, she didn't do that. Because she was gone, and I thought about, you know, maybe I should do it, and I tried it once, but I did it the wrong time of day. I didn't do it at her time. She does it about 11 o'clock at night, believe it or not, right before she goes to bed at 12 or 1 or whatever she goes to bed. But, you know, she lets puts the animals to bed at 11 to 12 o'clock at night, gives them last food, shuts them down, makes them tired, whatever she does. But the bottom line is, I didn't do it then. I did it like, ah, let's do it like 5 o'clock or something, just get it out of the way. They didn't come. They sat in the closet, depressed, just hiding out. They didn't want to come out. And where am I going with this? Well, I'm going that what this article says is that's what happens to people when they retire. They've been going to this same routine, the same stress every day, and then it's gone. Many, many people die within a year after retiring. I mean I don't know the exact numbers but I've read this many many times you can look it up and find out that I'm not making this up is that I've read that many people die within a year or two but mostly a year after they stop working. Uh, it really is hard to change your routine to go from zero or go from a million to zero or for 100 miles an hour to zero type of a deal. In our type of retirement what happens is is we gradually build into retirement So what we found is it's much easier for families where we build up some income for the family and we replace the spouse, one spouse's income, and then that spouse retires. Now, that spouse has the stability of the other spouse still working, the insurance money there, the the. the, The paycheck still coming in, all that security. Yet this one's free to go do all the things for the family that the family never got to do for itself because it was always too busy. They now have the time, whereas if they were both working, by the time they got off work, get the kids, come home, feed the pets, feed the kids, you know, mow the yard, pay the bills, blah, 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 blah. There was no time to even think about getting ahead. And this allows them now to free up one. And when that happens, they start, usually families start really growing fast at this point because they have the time to look into good deals and to be a part of what's going on out there in the world. Whereas before they really didn't have the opportunity to get into it and do anything. So it's really, uh, a good thing to have one person retire before the other sort of test the waters, I guess, so to speak and get yourself and your family prepared for this. Um, then what happens is as the income comes up and becomes level, um, with the uh, the other person's income, and now you've replaced both sets of income. Now you're in a situation where one person's already been there. The other person's watched them, you know, plan their day, spend their day, come up with things to do, get stuff done. The second person's now probably craving to get out of their job. I mean, they're they're jealous, and I don't mean that in a mean way, but they say, "Hey, man, that's great that you got out." Boy, I'd like to get out now. I mean, uh, what's funny is a lot of people that didn't even want to get out. You know, like the wife would want to retire and the husband wouldn't or the wife, the husband would want to retire, but the wife wouldn't. You see that a lot, of, a lot of husbands have these jobs that go retire and start getting into real estate and the wife will stay with whatever job she has. She's got a career, right? It doesn't take long before the wife's going, you know what? I thought I loved this career. I really like what I'm doing, but boy, what you're doing looks great and or vice versa. Husband Doesn't retire. Wife does. And he sees that. And uh, either way, you get used to it's a gradual moving into this process, I think, is what makes it such an effective process, uh, is that you work at it from the point of view that we're going to get there, but we're going to be used to it by the time we get there and the other thing is to understand and this is an important one is that you're not going to stop earning income once the sec- the the early retiring spouse continues to build the income for the family then what happens is the family itself by the way if there's just one just take one person they they start to understand that just because we're deciding to get off at $100,000 a year in income or 150,000 a year in income They've built up to that. So they know if I can build from zero to fifty thousand a year passive and then from fifty to one hundred thousand dollars a year passive to get the second person off, that means if I just stay with it, I'll build to one hundred and fifty thousand and then eventually two hundred thousand. and both of us will be making more money take home wise than what we were when we had jobs. And which takes into account what this is saying. This guy's saying you feel anxious about having no time on your hands. Or you feel anxious about having more time on your hand, but no money to spend. Which brings me to the point. It's not the money, it's the lifestyle. But it's real hard to have a lifestyle, even if you're retired, if you have no money. What can you do if you have no money? There's very few things that was really enjoyable that you can do without spending some money. Now, that's relative, right? I understand that. You can go do your little You know, inexpensive things that you like, and that's fine. I have a lot of those little expensive hobbies. But I've also got some expensive hobbies. And I really couldn't indulge myself in them without having income coming in. So this is why I think this is a really good way to approach this, is to get this done this way. The next one it talks about is losing your identity. If you're no longer a doctor, a teacher, a designer, a salesperson, electrician, or a driver, everybody defines themselves as to their job. Who are you? I'm an accountant. Who are you? Who's your dad? My dad's a fireman. You know, if you try to ask somebody to define their family, their parents, their friends, without talking about their job, it's very hard to define who they are because that really defines you. And so all of a sudden you take that job away and you're nobody at all. Now that doesn't happen with real estate investing because every time you buy another piece of real estate, whether it's a single family house or a duplex or a fourplex, you're somebody, you're now an entrepreneur. You've got a business, you've got people that are, you know, renting from you. You've got things that you do. you got the bank knows that you've got a business now and you're building your identity. And as you grow your business, you grow your identity. So you never get to that point. As you're letting go of one identity, you've got another one you've stepped into. Uh, Same thing here uh, as you talk about in, in this particular case. You're talking about what do you do with your time? Well, at least you have some things to get up and do. You've still got collect your rent, get it in the bank. Or if you're not doing that, get your paychecks from your you know lead investors and get them into the bank. Organize your, your position financially and, and work your finances. You still got something to do. You're not just sitting at home watching the boob tube going, man, I don't know why I retired. This is terrible. I'm not really enjoying any of it at all. Right. So losing your identity can be a real stumbling block. The next one is feeling isolated without social interaction and being around other co-workers. Your people are social beings and you go to work every day and even if you hate the people you work with, you've got somebody to talk to every day. Every day you need to talk to somebody about the news and about this and about your health and about your you know, family and about your problems, and whatever. When you're in a situation where you have nobody to talk to, nobody to socialize with. Now, at lifestyles, we have not only all the people that we interact with in our business, which are vendors and customers and salespeople and so forth, we have each other, which I'll talk about when we get back. We'll be right back with the Dell Wompson Radio Show.
0: creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. Del Wamsley's Real Estate
1: Investing Worst Case Scenario. Let's say the Democrats took away all tax deductions away from real estate like Ronald Reagan did in 1986. In 1986, we had stock market crash, a real estate value crash. The world came to an end for three months. Why? Because he took the value away from owning real estate for people who used it as a tax break. People like myself who got started at 87 go, you know, you can only buy this stuff cheap right now. In fact, I can buy it so cheap. I can rent it and make a 20% return cap rates were 20%. I buy a building and I made 20% of my money without leverage. If I put leverage on it, I made 30 or 40% return ungodly returns. Right now you can earn less than 1% on a savings account. So do you think I hope that happens again? Yes, I do. In 2008, when the world crashed and cratered, I bought real estate 50 cents on the dollar. well, what happened to the stuff you already owned? I kept it. It stayed full. We rented it. We made money.
0: Don't let the fear of losing money hold you back from making money. Join us for the next live online free workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now, your host, Dell Wamsley.
1: Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we're talking about the challenges of retirement. And one of them that was brought up in this article is about feeling isolated uh, with no social interaction. Next thing it brings up is experiencing decline in how useful or important or self confident you feel. Um, I understand that if you have no more income coming in, you have no job, you're not doing anything to give back to society, you start to feel a little useless, right? And in doing so, when feeling useless like that, Um, You lose self-confidence. I mean, you you just aren't out there making the world happen. People aren't coming to your door anymore. Uh, Again, because you still have your own business now, because there are people around you that you are helping and, and serving in your business of real estate, there are people out there that Are going to identify you as an important person and you're going to be able to maintain your identity and your self-confidence because you're going to be successful you didn't just retire and then worry about going broke and hope that you die before you run out of money you're out there successfully and aggressively retiring and still growing your business and making more money uh the next one says adjusting your routine or maintaining your independence now that you're home with your spouse Boy, I get this all the time. I get spouse give me a call and says, uh, hey, Dell. Yeah, I married him for better or for worse, but I didn't marry him for 24 hours a day. Can you get him out there buying something or doing something or managing something so he'll get out of the house? There really is a strange interplay um, with people when it comes to husband and wife, spouses that are never together because they work. Whether one works or both of them work, you you have a relationship that's based on a couple hours a day. Now, when you throw people together full time all day long and they got nothing to do, you're in a situation where, you know, they start to get on each other's nerves a lot of times. So in this situation, at least you've got stuff to go do. And, like I said, the better thing about letting one person retire before the other is you get practiced at doing that. You get used to it, right? Um, also, adjusting your routine to maintain independence. I know that my wife and I spent a lot of time together. And at one point, it got to, to the point where I realized to myself that looked out, you got to start going and doing some things by yourself. You need to go be- get back in your hobbies again and she needs to go get in her hobbies because if you're together all day long every day, even if you love each other and you enjoy each other's company, You don't have anything to talk about because you are living a singular life instead of a mutually complementary life. And so if you have that opportunity to go do your thing and have something interesting, come tell your spouse and she goes and does something, has something interesting to come tell you. I just found that it makes life a lot more interesting. You go out to eat dinner and we go out to eat dinner almost every night because we don't cook. Every once in a while, we'll cook something at home, but mostly we're going out. So, you know, it's one of those things that uh, that little bit of separation is good. Otherwise, we'd be together 24-7. Uh, the next one is, some retirees even feel guilty about receiving money from a pension without directly working for it. I, I don't know who feels guilty about that. You feel you earned the pension. But if that is the case, the bottom line is what you're really feeling is the fact that you're not providing anything to society. We are social creatures. And the way we earn money is providing goods and services by helping and serving other people. That's how we make money. Everything I do that makes me money is because I help somebody get something they wanted or I'm servicing somebody a service they need. Helping and serving people is how we make money. And just as soon as you stop helping and serving people, then you start to wonder, wow, do I really deserve this money? And if someone's just going to come and take it all away from me, where people, a lot of times, they'll try to turn real estate investing into a job. And the reason they do that is because they feel uncomfortable about just getting money without going to work. So they want to go out and tinker with the house. They want to go do things. They want to go talk to somebody. They want to do the least. And I said, Look, what are you doing all the work for? And they go, uh, I, I don't know. I just can't stop myself. I'll tell you what it is. There's, there's no self-worth. They don't feel like they deserve what they're getting in life if they're not out there doing something. I got a guy that's a multimillionaire, my best man, Frank. The guy can't stop working. He's got plenty of money. He doesn't need to work at all. He just can't stop working. He sold his company even and then went back to work for his company. His employee just didn't need to. Just, it's a deal I got like bored. I, I like doing this stuff. It's fun. So there it is. There's all the problems you might have. And our way of retiring solves those problems. It makes it much easier for you to work into them, build up resistance to it all, and come out of the blocks feeling great about what you're doing. With me here today is Linda and Steve out of uh, Dallas, Texas. And welcome, guys. Good
2: morning. For us. Good so morning.
1: you guys are going to be on the road trip at the uh, expo here, and for those of you that don't know what our expo is, this is the largest real estate investor and mentoring group meeting that there is, and this one here is like four days long: Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We have two days of this that are road trip days, where we take buses out to see these properties, and um, this is like, guys, the the best that there is. We sell out every year. In fact, not only sold out this year, I'm guys, I'm sure you've already been told, but we actually had to add buses. Uh, I think we added like four more buses than we had last year. So, I mean, this is a big deal. And, uh, this is where you get to show your stuff, guys. So
3: we're really curious out here. What is
1: it you're going to be showing us this year?
3: This year, we um, acquired a property in July in East Texas, uh, actually east of Dallas. And we we have a 98-unit property there. It's a 1984 build, and we're looking forward to uh, showing some of the renovations that we've done at the exteriors and interiors. It's all still in progress, so we'll have an opportunity to see some of the before and afters.
1: Excellent. How many units is this property? 98. And what type of renovations are you guys doing with it?
2: We're doing a lot of exterior refresh. Um, so we did we painted and did a lot of repairs. The exterior is part stucco. So we did, we've done all that. We've added a dog park and a camera system and new screens and redid the pool and added an outdoor pergola. So we did a, a lot of that on the exterior, and then um, we're planning on doing a, a bunch of interior Um upgrades as well.
1: So, what do you think it's going to bring you for rent increases from doing all this?
2: Well, so far, we've seen anywhere from 150 to $350 bump in rent after our upgrades. So, we're, we're real excited about that. Um, we've, we'll put, we've got enough budgeted to do premium-level upgrades for about half of the units, and then um, you know, at least be able to touch all the rest of them as well if we need to
1: so this is your third project how deep is this one compared to the other two uh, that you've done before?
3: it's a well, lot more involved especially <laughs> but it's a deeper value play than any of the others so the construction budget's a lot bigger um, and the amount of amount of activity that we're trying to improve is is larger than the others the first one was seventeen units this the next one was sixty eight. This one at 98, uh, it certainly gives us a lot more to chew on and to improve.
1: Well, I have to say I'm impressed with your growth. That's uh, the way I grew, and I think it's a good, safe way to grow. I mean, each one of those jumps is really not difficult. I mean, it's the natural progression, put it that way, Uh, you know, to get up to the next level. Have you found any economics of scale yet at 100 units that you didn't find at 60 units?
2: Um, yeah, a little bit with um, with um, the in, the staff, and mm-hmm. also with purchasing power for appliances and um, things like that.
1: Now, you sold one of the three you've done. Are these two at all close together or far apart?
2: Um, probably thirty minutes apart. Not as close as we would like, but but close enough.
3: One was in East Fort Worth. Um, one was in North Dallas. And then we're east of Dallas now, so it's it's still DFW primary market. All right, now um, Linda, are, you've retired already, right?
2: From teaching, yes.
1: So, are you the one running all this, or yes, is Steve sir, running all this?
2: Well, we are a good team. Steve Steve is good at the um, the books, and I'm um, more boots on the ground.
1: So, Steve, are you still working in your IT position?
3: I am. I still have a day job, but I've got lots of flexibility. So um, I just have certain things I need to work around and certain things I need to deliver. But if I have some lifestyles events to attend, we can make it work.
1: Okay, excellent. So as we work through this now, how long do you think it's going to take to come out the other side with all this, uh, the renovation?
2: Well, um, for the exterior renovation, we're really close. We're waiting on some permits in the city till we can get finished up. But um, the interiors, it's going to be kind of as they become available. So probably it'll take a year to finish all the interiors.
3: It's a, long time. a year from when we started. So yeah, close to end of summer. So as
1: we come to see this, what should we be looking for? What do you think is going to be the neatest stuff for us to focus on when you you show us your property
2: we're hoping to show you uh, before and after of our interior renovations the um the exterior we're hoping that you'll you'll notice it looks beautiful and it's a nice property um but those the, those renovations are mostly for the residents i think in and, in um, and the curb appeal but the interiors we're really proud of the upgrades we've done on the inter- interior so we're hoping to show you before and and after
1: that's good um Any office changes? Did you do anything to the office?
2: Yeah, we're we're excited about that. The office was operating out of one of the one-bedroom units. So what we were able to do was we took a two-bedroom unit, two-bedroom, two-bath, and kind of put up a little wall. So now we have a separate one-bedroom, one-bath, I mean just the bedroom and the bathroom that we're using as an office, Uh and we created an extra unit that we can rent out.
1: Excellent, excellent. That all adds to the NOI and makes it go up. When you got this property, um, did you do it as a uh, independent or did you do this as a,
3: a lead? We we syndicated this one. Um, it was we 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 went under contract just as the market was peaking, so it was a challenging period between that between the signing and getting to close but you know we syndicated it It us and about 90 investors excellent well
1: guys thanks for coming on and I really appreciate you being on the expo because it's going to be a lot of fun this year for the rest of you out there you need to get out and see these things at the expo coming up in February 15th so until we get there remember this always it's not the money it's the lifestyle have a wonderful day